Harry Potter. Oh, Harry Potter. 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 And the Half Drunk Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Harry Potter and the Half Drunk Podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Emily. And this week, we are actually talking about a subject that was recommended to us by a listener, and it is times when Harry made things worse, where he fucked up, essentially, and things went wrong because of it. So, thank you, Carr, for suggesting today's episode, and um, yeah. So it just goes to show, guys. Send us topics, and we will talk about them. Yep. So in honor of all the times that Harry effed up, our drink of the week is the screw-up cocktail. (laughs) You know, honestly, though, I have a feeling like any cocktail really could be a screw-up cocktail. Literally, just type in, what drink can get you screwed up or (laughs) fucked up? Um, Like, everything... Uh, tequila. I was tempted to, like, do a Long Island iced tea, since I don't think we've done that yet. No, and, and we would have literally been on the ground. Obviously would get us fucked up, but yeah, there is a cocktail called the Screw-Up Cocktail, so yeah. it works. But without further ado, the Screw-Up Cocktail is one part vodka, one part orange juice, so kind of like a screwdriver, and then four parts of 7-Up soda, or Sprite, if you will. So you fill a glass up with ice cubes, you add all the ingredients, you mix it all up, and then you partake. And yeah, it's like a fizzy screwdriver, and I really like it. It's easy to make. Honestly, to me, it tastes like a orange sherbet, kind of. It does. It do- It's good. And I use Sunny D instead of orange juice because oh. I, I just couldn't bring myself to purchase a whole carton of orange juice because I know I won't drink it. So... I just got like a little, I don't, I don't know if it's a single serving, but you know, just like a little bottle right. of Sunny D. And I feel like that makes the difference. Like, I'm not sure because I didn't do it with orange juice, but it's very light and sherbety. And I feel like orange juice sometimes makes drinks heavier. And I feel like the Sunny D just cut that and it's very light. So I'm a fan, honestly. And I'm a fan with any drink where I substitute Sunny D because it takes me back to the first time you and I ever got drunk together. And it was Sunny D and tequila, which is awful. Don't recommend. <laughs> yeah. So, Sunny D, I need to try it with that. But it's really good with orange juice. Like I said, it's just kind of like an elevated screwdriver. So, if, like, you really need a simple cocktail, if someone's coming over and you're like, I don't want to get all these ingredients, it's really only three ingredients. You could just buy, like, yeah. a two liter of Sprite and a carton of orange juice and some vodka and there you go you have a party and then you still have sprite left over if you want to do a vodka sprite you still have orange juice left over if you want to do a screwdriver you're just like you can't lose in this situation or buy a bottle of champagne and do mimosas in the morning the possibilities are endless (laughs) all right well that was not an advertisement for orange juice but honestly it should have been so (laughs) or sunny d (laughs) or sunny d yeah before we jump in to today's topic i think it would be fun if we played some harry potter would you rather with each other yeah i think this is a segment that we need to keep rotating in in between like trivia and shag mary kill stuff like that because it was so fun when we did it before so maybe we each give each other three yeah that sounds good to me 
so I'll kick this off. So just because now it is so disrespectfully hot in California. Um, <laughs> I, I can't. I love that. I love that adjective. <laughs> the heat is disrespectful. That's what I sent her in a text message today. Um, yes. So it is just completely disrespectful. If it, get above, if it gets above 80 degrees, that's just the only adjective you can describe, in my opinion. But anyway, for holiday plans, would you rather spend Christmas at Hogwarts or the borough? Mm, I feel like we've had this before in, in some capacity, but... Probably. I think... Oh, gosh. <laughs> and I don't know if my answer is going to be the same either. I feel like we don't have to hold up our answers because we've grown and evolved. I change a little bit. You know, I'm a dynamic human being. Honestly, I think I would rather spend it at Hogwarts if I could have, like, my friends and family with me. I know that's not specified, but it just Christmas is just a special time to be with your family that, like, yeah, it would be awesome to be with the Weasleys, but to be fair, I, I would prefer to be with my own family during that time. So I'm going to say Hogwarts. It'd be very, very magical there, especially if it's snowing. Yeah, I think the same. Plus, you get the big feast and everything. Mm, very true. Very true. And they probably, I mean, they definitely have the huge Christmas tree and my family, <laughs> I mean, like, my mom will decorate a potted plant for her Christmas tree, so <laughs> I would love to have all that festiveness. <laughs> Let's see. Would you rather get a howler in the middle of a date or vomit slugs in the middle of a date? Um, get a howler in the middle of the date. Emily Page, yeah. how dare you? <laughs> how dare you steal that car? <laughs> Shout out to Carr for the episode. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, probably a howler. I just feel like the slug thing, you can't really recover from that. Right. Like, you're probably not going to go on another date. Yeah. Unless the guy, like, completely sucked. And then uh, just vomit slugs. Maybe that's your out. <laughs> I don't know. Be like, you did this to me. Um, so. I just got back from the little girl's room and I was just vomiting slugs. So there's that. There's a whole big reason I just don't date anymore. Thankfully. Yeah, you're married. so Yeah, I'm married. So I don't have to do that anymore. Thank God. Lucky for you, you don't have to deal with the world of dating today. I couldn't. I'm not like, I don't have enough social skills for that. Okay. Which newspaper would you rather subscribe to? The Quibbler or The Daily Prophet? Uh, Quibbler, obviously. Yeah, same. Especially if you get the glasses. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you rather face Voldemort in a duel to the death or face Dumbledore in a duel to the death? Uh, Voldemort. He's a baby back bitch. And, <laughs> yeah. I feel like Dumbledore definitely has some secret magic under his cloak, if you will. Just that he kind of takes all of his dueling enemies by surprise versus like Voldemort pretty much what you see is what you get I mean he's just ruthless yeah and also like if it's a if it's a duel to the death then if for some crazy reason I was able to beat one of them I would prefer to kill Voldemort than Dumbledore obviously and I wouldn't want to piss Dumbledore off enough where he felt like he had to duel me to the death like I just would feel like, such a disrespectful human being and unworthy of anything if Dumbledore wants to kill me. Yeah, agreed. Okay, this one's kind of funny. Which villain would you rather share a train car with on a long journey? 
Lucius Malfoy <laughs> or Dolores Umbridge? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> um, I guess Lucius. I feel like he would be just so not impressed by me that he wouldn't even talk. He would just stick up his nose and stare out the window. See, I think it'd be fun to be in a train car with Umbridge and just literally... You think it'd be fun? I, I would want to annoy the shit out of her the whole time. <laughs> no, I would not want to be a, in the same space as that woman. No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, would you rather spend a month in the Forbidden Forest or spend a month in Azkaban? Uh. This one's hard for me, because the forest has all those stupid spiders. <laughs> and other unmentionables. And other things. But I don't think I could deal with Dementors every day. So I'm going to go with the forest. Yeah, that's probably what I would do, too. And just hope that Hagrid, like, is on a walk and <laughs> sees me. <laughs> I would just hope that the centaurs, like, took me as one of their own, or that there was a unicorn that I could just, like, ride around and befriend or something. Yeah. But, yeah, Azkaban is a no-go, unless you're, like, serious and can turn into a dog, and you're just happy all the time, so Dementors don't affect you as much. Yeah, and also, like, I don't think I could deal, not only with the Dementors, but, you know, people are, like, screaming and, like, just nuts there, and I just don't. Oh, yeah. I don't think I could deal with that. I feel like it'd yeah, be Yeah, you would much. go crazy. A month is enough for you to go crazy, I think. Oh, for sure. I feel like even, like, a week. You'd be desensitized by a week, I feel. So. 25 minutes, and I would be done. <laughs> <laughs> by the end of this podcast, I would be dead. Okay. <laughs> so, into today's topic. Top, we're just doing top five. Top five times that Harry just effed things up and made things worse for himself. So, we'll go from... And there are more. There are more times Definitely that he's effed up than this. But we'll just go from what we think are possibly the top five and from the the least to greatest F up, yeah. essentially. So the first one, slash number five, when he effed up and decided to steal the car in Chamber of Secrets. So this was more Ron's brilliant idea, but Harry just went along with it and didn't say, mm, maybe we should think about this. So they just made this stupid decision to fly a car when they're 12 years old. Like, what? 12 <laughs> years old, flying a car to Hogwarts when they don't even know where they're going. They were just like, yeah, we'll just look for the train. Like, how did you even know where to look for the train? I, I literally don't understand. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, all of the drama that happens inside of the car... And they wreck the car into the Whomping Willow and do damage to the tree, and the car obviously is destroyed and, like, goes rogue. And then they get their punishment. But honestly, they should have gotten more punishment, and they're lucky that they made it out alive and with less harm done. And it's just so stupid because they literally just had to tell an adult that they missed the train. Just went to Molly and Arthur and been like, hey, so we effed up and... The platform, like, sealed itself for whatever reason, and we couldn't get in. Like, it's not our fault. We couldn't get onto the platform, so essentially we couldn't get onto the train. Can you, like, give Dumbledore a ring and let him know we're going to be late and, like, you guys just take us there? 
Like, yeah, exactly. How hard would that have been? They were afraid of getting in trouble, but that's, like, so stupid. You get in so much more trouble when you fly a fucking car when you're 12 years old. It, I, okay. I'm, I yeah. will die on this hill, as you say. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't, I've never understood why they don't just go and stand by the car and wait for the Weasleys to come back. Um, that's, like, an afterthought for them. Like, oh, yeah, mom and dad are going to come back and the car's going to be missing. Like, <laughs> And right. you know that, I mean, the Weasleys travel by flu powder all the time. And we see later that you can communicate through the flu network to Hogwarts. So you're telling me that Dumbledore can't allow them to travel to Hogwarts via flu powder or even any other way that they possibly can? Not or operating because you cannot send do that. the train back for them yeah. whenever it's done. Like, they'll just be late. They miss a feast, just go straight to bed. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Exactly, exactly. And they could have just sent a Patronus to be like, hey, they're going to be late. I don't really think they would be in trouble for being late. It's really not a thing that you'd be in trouble because you couldn't get through the platform. That wouldn't have happened. They probably, Molly would have been annoyed, sure. But Harry was there, so it would have been fine. (laughs) Yeah, it would have been way less dramatic because Harry was there. And I feel like maybe this is just me being sort of a rule follower and, like, just telling the truth. But if it's really, like, there's nothing you could do. It was out of your control. The platform sealed itself. Like, you tried. You wrecked your cart trying to get onto the platform. Yeah. Like, you can't get in trouble for telling the truth and asking for help. Like, you just can't. I'm sorry that this is, like, inconvenient now that we now have to figure out how to get these two 12-year-olds to Hogwarts, but it's a hell of a lot easier than dealing with the aftermath of the decisions that they decided to make. Yes. Wholeheartedly agree. I think a huge reason, though, that we are so passionate about this one is because we both are, like, avid rule followers. (laughs) right there are people listening who are like it's really not that big of a deal y'all and we're like it is though like just tell someone but yeah i mean i'm all about like being yourself and self-expression but when it comes to these types of things like rules are there for a reason like 12 year olds shouldn't be driving a car for a reason let alone flying a car that just yeah this is ridiculous yes which leads us to number four um which is also from the chamber of secrets when Harry effed up and didn't ever tell a professor or an adult, for that matter, about hearing voices. Yeah. When when he heard the basilisk, like, sliding around in the yeah. pipes and stuff. Dumbledore, for one, might have been able to make the connection to the pipes and maybe would have been able to seal off the chamber or defeat the basilisk. Also, Harry effed up by trusting the diary. Yes. But I feel like yes. when you at first hear voices, Harry was probably like, okay, like, I don't want to... I don't want to tell anyone because maybe I'm just really tired because he did think he was just really tired. And then Ron and Hermione were like, oh, you like you shouldn't be hearing voices. That's a bad sign, even in the wizarding world. Right. But I'm sorry, right. when you're hearing a voice say it wants to rip and kill people, you, <laughs> right. you should probably Even tell if it someone. is in your own mind, you should probably seek some help for that. Like, yeah. I'm so- <laughs> that's that's like- the type of thing that like is on a questionnaire when you go in. Like, do you have suicidal thoughts do you have homicidal thoughts yeah are you hearing homicidal thoughts right now harry yeah you should probably seek help yeah it's like a huge thing and you know reading that back as an adult i was like why did he never just go tell dumbledore at that point he already had so embarrassed the relationship with dumbledore to be able to go to him and tell him but even for that matter he should have told lockhart even if he wasn't like, okay, I don't want to go to Dumbledore. I don't want to whatever. If you would have told Lockhart, Lockhart would have, like, 
he wouldn't have been much help, but he probably would have told no. someone else. So then Harry wouldn't have had to, like, go and tell him himself. Lockhart would have done it. I don't know. I feel like Lockhart's, like, in one ear and out the other. Like, he probably would recognize that Harry wasn't talking about Lockhart, and then he would tune out. I mean, yeah, so maybe. Or McGonagall. I probably wouldn't he have told have gone Lockhart, to but I... Yeah, yeah, I would have told McGonagall or Hagrid or somebody that he, like, kind of trusted and had a different relationship with. Yes, Hagrid! Because Hagrid can't keep a secret to save his life, so <laughs> tell Hagrid! <laughs> yeah, he would have gone straight to Dumbledore if Harry told him that, and, yeah, it just, it wouldn't have been, it could have potentially saved some people from being petrified, it could have saved Jenny from being taken into the chamber, it, it just all could have went down differently, and obviously the story would be completely different, and we wouldn't have the chamber secrets that we have now, but just for the sake of argument, he effed up by not telling teachers that he was hearing voices, and also the fact that the diary drug him into, like, a memory for this right. Tom Riddle character, and he never, like, said, hey, Dumbledore, is it normal for diaries to in, open up and in the wizarding in. world to like bring <laughs> you into them is that just like a magic thing that happens all the time and i just yeah. didn't know so i think that yeah. we need to like preface this right now with like we understand that harry effing up is like the reason we have stories yes yeah i mean he uh, he was 12 we get that i mean no 12 year old soundly thinking but we just have to point these out i mean <laughs> Hello. Okay. Right. Next. These are major F-ups that could have changed the entire plot, essentially, if they hadn't occurred. Yeah. So next, when he effed up and decided to just try to disarm Stan Shunpike when he was being chased in Deathly Hollows after they took him from Privet Drive and they were trying to get him to the burrow. So he thought that Stan was under the Imperious Curse, more than likely, so he just wanted to disarm him instead of stun him because it was likely that if he stunned him and his aim was true, that Stan would have to, like, fall however many feet from the air that he was. So Harry didn't want to do that because he has a good heart, but by using Expelliarmus instead of stunning Shan, the Death Eaters were able to identify Harry, and this led to Hedwig dying. And... A lot of people probably don't think this that that big of a deal, but Hedwig was Harry's, like, rock through this entire time at Hogwarts. And if anyone has lost a pet before, you know how heartbreaking that is yeah. and how hard that is. And I think we all took Hedwig's death really hard because it was so shocking, like, no one was expecting it. And also, like, I don't want to draw too many thin lines here, but it could have also led to Mad-Eye's death. Yeah, I mean, definitely could have. I think that Harry's signature spell being the disarming spell, first of all, says a lot about him. He obviously doesn't want to actually physically harm anyone, which is honorable. Let's give him that. But but a stun in this isn't situation, even that, it's not even that harmful to stun somebody. Yeah, in this situation, like stupefying someone versus Expelliarmus, it really wouldn't have been, even he would have fallen, sure. Probably, but he could have fallen when you did that too. I mean, yeah, I think for this one, Harry is just completely blinded by the fact that he had stood up for Stan, and then there he is. (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit, there he is. I was wrong. So, yeah, I think 
again, this is Harry just, like, not thinking through an action because he had to act so quickly. But, yes, it did it did cause Hedwig to die. Because all of a sudden, all the Death Eaters were after him. Yeah, know? and like it they... caused Voldemort to know exactly who he was. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, I guess you could say that it's not that big of a deal because Harry was, like, kind of sacrificing. If he did think it through a lot, he was sacrificing himself to, like, try to save Stan, who he believed to be innocent. But in the big scheme of things, like, no, no, you should have just stunned him like everybody else was stunning everybody else. Right. They should have honestly agreed on a spell to use. Right. That all of the quote unquote Harry's were using. Yeah. But I feel like that's also hard when somebody's slinging spells at you and you have to deflect and defend. Yeah, you You can't just use the same spell all the time. But definitely you should have agreed not to use Expelliarmus. (laughs) That is 100% Harry's signature. That is off limits. 100%. Right. Okay. Number two, which number two and number one, I feel like both could be tied in a way, but this one didn't cause a death. So this is why it's at number two. No, I feel like number one is solidly number one for me. So number two is when Harry effed up and continued to use the Half-Blood Prince's book in potions, even when he knew it probably wasn't ethical, and then continued to use it by trying out the spells in the books that he had absolutely no idea what they actually did, which ultimately mm-hmm. led him to almost killing Draco Malfoy. Yep. Like, he would have been dead if Snape didn't come in. Yeah. It's just... Uh, Harry is just so stupid sometimes. <laughs> I mean... It's not unlike Harry to, like, just ignore Hermione's warnings, right? I mean, the series right. would be a lot shorter if he would have just listened to Hermione the first time. But isn't that the way of life? But also, he didn't learn his lesson the first time about trusting a book. Like, he trusts yeah. this prince so wholeheartedly because he's succeeding in potions now. And he's, like, Slughorn's star student. And in the book, we learn that he maybe thinks that for somehow this could be James as the Half-Blood Prince, even though we know that James is pure blood. Right. So it, it doesn't make any sense. But for whatever reason, he feels like some sort of connections to his dad through the books, which there is sort of a connection to his dad because his dad uses Levicorpus on Snape, which was in the book, and Harry also used that spell. Yeah, I just think that if you're going to see a... Th- a spell that says for enemies. I mean, Draco's like not really your enemy. He's your rival, sure. But I, I don't know. I did this whole thing is just so fucking stupid. And like, then Harry just kind of stands there after right. he does it. And I'm like, come on, He's dumbass, shocked. go get Madame Pomfrey. Like, what are you doing? Or something, or like try to stop the bleeding. Like, what the. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And Harry just really doesn't think a lot in the Half-Blood Prince when it comes to Draco. No. Like he's constant well, he does think a lot about Draco, but his <laughs> actions concerning him are so rash. Like as soon as he as soon as Katie Bell like touches the cursed necklace or whatever. Dra- it was Draco. Draco did it. Which he was right. But the fact that he was just so quick to just jump down Draco's throat on everything it was just, it was a bad look for him. He honestly. definitely feels those dreary rumors in this book. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so number one is when he effed up and thought that Voldemort had Sirius at the ministry. And this made him make the rash decision to take himself and five friends into the Department of Mysteries. Five underage friends. Five 15-year-olds. Actually, Jenny and Luna were 14. Into a trap of Death Eaters. Like, he played directly into Voldemort's hands, and this led to the Order having to show up and Sirius being with them, and then led to Sirius being killed by Bellatrix. Yeah. Which, this can also go back to Harry not practicing inclumency, which is, like, another F-up, but that just is, like, a overarching broad F-up. But, yeah, like, he's just so... He thinks that his connection with Voldemort is so, like, strong, and which it is, but that everything that he's seen has to be real. That yeah, he doesn't give Voldemort enough credit to how manipulative yeah. he can be. And he just... He always acts before he thinks. In this situation, it wasn't the right move. When a lot of times it is. Like, a lot of times Harry, you know, his instincts are really good. And he saves a lot of people by acting before he thinks. But in this situation, he really should have told somebody else, listened to Hermione, listened to everybody else. And when Hermione was like, this could be a trap. And he's like, no, I know what I saw. No, this, yeah. is, this is for real. Yeah, I think Harry... I mean, you pretty much summed it up perfectly. He, he doesn't think. He just acts or reacts. And the times that we have seen him actually think before reacting, we praise him for it because it's so against his nature. I mean, he comes by that extremely naturally, being James's son, and then also right. having Sirius to lead by example, who also doesn't think. Right. So... Yeah, I I, th I think that this definitely is a number one screw-up, 100%. He caused the death of Sirius, he caused Hermione to get really hurt, he caused Neville to get extremely hurt, he... Ron got really hurt. Ron got really hurt, he caused the prophecy to get turned over briefly. He put everybody he cared about in danger. He caused himself to get possessed by Voldemort, he had to have Dumbledore come and battle Voldemort. I mean, there were good things that came out of this, right? Like, the prophecy ended up getting destroyed. That's an A+. Well, I think the best thing is that Voldemort did have to bring his... what? How did you refer to him? Baby back ass? Baby back bitch? <laughs> baby back... <laughs> Voldemort did have to bring his baby back bitch ass <laughs> to the ministry. <laughs> and this allowed Fudge to actually yeah. see him in the flesh and no longer be able to deny that he came back. So that was, like, one good thing that happened from that is now everybody knows that Harry was telling the truth after the graveyard and Goblet of Fire. But, yeah, like, it, I don't think that equates to him losing his godfather, using the first unforgivable curse that he ever tries to use, just True. the emotional trauma that comes after this. And... We like it comes from a good place. Like he went there trying to save Sirius. Every time that he acts irrationally, it's usually because he's trying to protect or save somebody, and that like that is a good trait to have to want to protect other people. Right. But in this scenario, he really wasn't thinking, and yeah, I mean, I think he was acting out of fear because he was so afraid to lose the one person who felt like real 
family to him, connected to his parents, even though Lupin does too, but Sirius was his godfather. It's just right. different. And he had that image of one day clearing Sirius's name and being able to live with him happily. And Yeah, I don't know. It's just... It's, it's heavy. I think another positive thing, though, that did come out of this was when Voldemort possessed him and he he basically beat out Voldemort that time. Yeah. And he got to learn a lot about himself and what he values and I think that was a good lesson for Voldemort, too, to be like, oh, shit, like, he is really powerful. So... I'm like, shit, I don't want to be inside this love-feeling teenager. Yeah, he has a lot of emotions. Like, this boy's gone through a lot. Um, And it's all your fault. Yeah, it's all because of you, you baby back bitch. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I really think this is just number one. And not only that, but he had to see... Sirius die but then Lupin also had to see Sirius die and that was his last friend that was alive from the Marauders so now he's like by himself pretty much and it's just it's just so damn depressing and it is it really was his biggest mistake that he made a hundred percent hands down yeah yeah I don't know and there's so many more that we could have added to this list like fucking Goblet of Fire, if he would have just, like, gone straight back to the port key cup, whatever, even though a port key is only supposed to go one way, the special jinxed port key after touching the trophy in the maze and, like, could have gotten Cedric back alive, like, that would have been, you know, that would have been pretty cool, and he didn't do that. But, you know, he was confused and didn't know what the fuck was going on. Right. So... I don't know if anybody has that amount of rational thought in that situation. No, I don't think they do, especially not a 14, 15-year-old kid. I I feel like a lot of this is just pointing it out, but again, got to keep in mind, like, he's still a baby. Yeah. Yeah, but I think after he actually, like, lost someone, he did start to think through things a little bit more clearly. At least if he's, like, going on a mission. Clearly not when he's stalking Draco. That that wasn't right. a thing. But. Like, Deathly Hollows, I feel like there were a couple F-ups. Um, I don't know, like, probably going to Godric's Hollow, even though I think it was a really important move that they went. Obviously, it put them in a lot of danger when they went to Godric's Hollow. Yeah. But, you know, it's there. we could honestly have another episode dedicated to this. But these, I think, are pretty high up there. Yeah, I agree. But that's our top five. Yeah, so be ready, you guys. Oh, next week's going to be so fun. The next two weeks. This is a pretty short, sweet episode, but the next, yeah, the next two weeks, we have something real special in store for you guys. So if you guys are new to the podcast and you didn't go back to the beginning to start listening, then you have never met our friend Sarah. And And you are missing out fan favorite around here she's a favorite of ours she is amazing hilarious very knowledgeable about all harry potter things and she will be viewing a harry potter musical with us and <laughs> uh commentating on it so we're gonna have one episode for the first act and one episode for the second act and sarah will be on both of those so fire up for a fun time i am sure yeah <laughs> For reference, if you're new and you haven't gone back, I recommend, even if you're not a Game of Thrones fan, 
I recommend going back and listening to our Game of Thrones episode with Sarah just to get an idea of what to expect. (laughs) I think she's also on our Dumbledore episode. And our Sorcerer's Stone deep dive. So chapter 19 is the Dumbledore. I don't remember Sorcerer's Stone number. Yeah. But she's either on the book deep dive or the film. I can't remember. But she's like our only guest we've ever had on a deep dive, which I think should say a lot. Yeah. We love her. But she's super knowledgeable. She's super funny. Expect us to be fully drunk. (laughs) We will definitely be. When Sarah's on, the alcohol is flowing. Yes. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's a whole good time. Plus, I'm so excited to watch a Harry Potter musical because I have not watched it since middle school. Literally, it's been forever. Yeah, I'm excited. And it's just the first one, the first two, or the two parts of the first one. There are three now. I didn't realize that. There are three of them. So we'll have more content for you guys. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that either. And I feel like, honestly, you and I have never talked about it. We haven't. So... It will be interesting just to get each other's take on everything. I mean, I think we've quoted it before, but we've never actually like just sat down and been like, so what were your thoughts on a Harry Potter musical? I feel like so. the three of us should not share anything that we think about it <laughs> until the podcast. No structure at all. We're no just going to come guns a blazing. Gun blazing. That's how we do it here. But yeah, so <laughs> buckle up and prepare for that one because it will be fun. A good two weeks. Um yeah, we can't wait. But we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. A reminder that our website is now updated so you can find the collection of all of our drinks of the week recipes and our episodes. Plus, there's like a little blurbs about me and Sam um, if you want to get to know us a little bit better and links to all of our social media and a way to email us. Yeah. So that's really awesome. But as always, you can find us at HP Half Drunk on Instagram and Twitter and Harry Potter and the Half Drunk Podcast on Facebook. And be sure to join our Facebook group. And you can listen to us wherever you're listening now. If you are on Apple Podcasts, be sure to subscribe, give us a five-star rating, leave us a review. Love when we get new reviews from you guys. And you can also find us on Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Himalaya, all the good stuff and also look for the direct download link in your browser whenever we post the episode if you don't have access to any of those other streaming services yep and have a great week cheers mischief managed